Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, this is happening. We're live. Well, we're live in StreamYard recording. I can't deal with technology, but I'm at least the best of the people that will be on the show in that regard. This is Screaming from the Sidelines, and I continue to get more and more selfish with my episodes, but sometimes that's what you have to do when your team is playing in March Madness. I have two guests today. They are very different human beings with two fantastic personalities, and I'm not going to waste anybody's time here, so we'll just bring them in right now. The first one is one of my great allies in this world. He's fully bought in to the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. One of my favorite people to watch games with, and I hang out with him a lot, probably a little bit too much. And even if he uses too many words in his columns, he is still a great writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh my goodness, it is Mike Silver, a sports legend. Also, how's downstairs treating you? You know, it's it's good. I don't know why my UCSB dad hat appears so crooked on your platform but again, as you mentioned, I'm not a big tech guy uh, being old. Uh, and so, listen, thanks for having me. I just want to, you know, this hat says UCSB dad. You're an alum, but I have an active UCSB student uh, who's also my offspring. So shout out to Robbie. Go Joes. Yeah, you're in the middle of your seven-year stretch being a UCSB parent. This is year six of seven Uh, Unless Robbie wants to be a grad student, rocket scientist, smart man, who knows? For now, it's year six. You're fully bought in, and my basketball team is better than your basketball team. So, boom, take it. Now we're bringing in our second guy and uh, just an incredibly accomplished gentleman. Uh, He's actually a little bit under the weather, suffering from the same illness that he had exactly at this time two years ago. He is struck by Gaucho Fever, and he is the legendary Josh Elliott. Oh, my goodness. Let's First of all, thanks for doing this again. Two years has gone fast, and welcome back. Yeah, man, I couldn't decide, like, was it our pod two years ago that doomed us to that, uh, just the the horrors of that game, which admittedly, when we decided we were going to do this, I pulled it up. Two nights ago, I watched oh. the second half back, oh. and um, I had I had totally flushed Amadou's four foot bunny that all that stood between us and the second round, and it all came rushing back. I almost I thought about canceling. Um, I actually did my best to technologically not allow myself to join this podcast. And yet, uh, thanks to Greg Silver, IT guy, we uh, troubleshot. And, and and here we are. I do want to ask, wait, so Greg, let me get this straight. You graduated in how many years from Santa Barbara? Uh, four and one third. Okay, thank you. And Robbie's <laughs> going to get out of there in four? What is he, an idiot? Like, what is he? Did you drop him off? Mike, to be honest, did you drop Robbie? You did. Who gets out of, who gets out of Santa Barbara in four years? Hey, well, what are you not, doing? You, you know, we, he's not necessarily getting out for. You can always, you know, can always lollygag a little as 
it's a proud silver tradition. Everyone else, including Leslie and me and Natalie, has managed to draw it out. Greg, it made I sense for you. It made sense for Greg to draw it out because COVID derailed, um, you know, his experience. And I remember saying to Greg, because this is great parenting advice. I go, dude, when the pandemic ends, college is going to be the greatest, you know, college experience of all time. Oh, God. It, and, and, you know, I can, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth and up and down DP, and I remember sitting, and you know, Greg, like I started it at FT, at Francisco Torres, which at the time was an independent dorm. I think maybe the school bought it now, I'm not sure. But it so like, you know, name. you just work your way to DP year by year by year. So you get to Salvador Tardy as a junior, and then you get to DP as a senior. And I'm sitting there on uh, a balcony late that, the summer after I had walked. Uh, with still stuff that I decided I wanted to do because I wanted to stay and write for the news press and, and cover like local sports. And we, we sat there, my buddies and I, looking out at the channels, you know, the sun's dropping and, you know, the sun doesn't set straight in front of you in DP. It sets like way to your right, you know, because you're actually not looking due west on DP. And... So it's magic hour and there's a pot of dolphins rolling past. And we said out loud, like, guys, I hope we, I mean, I hope you all crush it, whatever you do. I hope we all are massive successes in life. And it still won't get any better than this ever. Getting out of Santa Barbara in four years or fewer is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like stay, find a reason, down, I downshifted right when I got to UCSB. I had a ton of AP credits and I got that. I was like almost a sophomore and I looked at him like, oh, downshift. And it was magic. All right. So that's good. All right. So, Greg, I'm really, I'm proud of you for the four, but I'm really proud of you for the point three. That's, that's, that's important. By the way, he stuck around town for five. Like, let's not, let's not dramatize it. He managed to be Of course he did. Because it's Santa Barbara. Of course he did. Of course. It's Santa I, no, no complaints here. By the way, Greg, yeah. you alluded to my alma mater. Josh, I know you know that I'm proud to say that the Golden Bears went, wait for it, 3-27 and 27 this year. No, that's not an exaggeration. They literally went 3-27. and 27. But here's the great thing. They also, among Power 5 and significant mid-majors were the lowest in the nation in attendance. That's an incredible double to pull So up. why, and, and why, is that just complete apathy? Just because they're so bad? Uh, it's a long, horrid uh, subject that Seth Davis actually tackled in the uh, digital pages of The Athletic, but uh, yeah. got lost brand Jordan, uh, made a couple of dubious coaching hires. Well, you also lost Andre Kelly. And let me tell you, your loss, our game, my friend. And believe our me, game. Andre, if Andre Kelly had stayed at Cal for that last year, I really believe the Bears could have won five. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 and listen, I, last thing on Cal, we beat Stanford this year and all we killed him. And all it took was shooting 76% from three point range. 
So, I mean, that's if that's not a winning blueprint for any team, all you got to do is make 76% of your shots from three and you'll kill your rival. I'm just saying, let me, let me put it this way. Being being that I live in a state where gambling is, is legal, let's just say I knew some people that were always looking for some, like, Saturday night chasers these last three months. <laughs> I could always point them in the direction of Berkeley, California. Who's Cal got tonight? Uh, let me see. Actually, it doesn't matter. Take, take just, just fade them. Fade, fade I knew, them. I knew it was going to be rough early in the year when uh, Cal lost for the second consecutive year to UC San Diego, one of the newest members of your co- conference. And Greg, I think you actually yeah. said, "Damn it, this is the one year I know we could pick on Cal and we don't play you." <laughs> hey, 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 hey! We had like a four-year stretch, dude, and now it might be over, but we don't know. And I don't think honestly, I'm going to move stays. to UCSB. We're moving on because if anyone's listening to this, they better get yeah, they, past the eight minute mark. Yes. I love it. Yes. Let's talk about the shows. You can fix it in post. Yeah. So look, two years ago was a very special year with a sad ending. We had the big West player of the year. They won the regular season championship, the Big West tournament, they got a winnable draw in March Madness. And I was so sad thinking maybe it would be years, decades before there was another opportunity like this. I'm a spoiled little shit because I got to cover AJ Mitchell as the sports director and broadcaster when I was still there. I got to watch him more as a fan this year. The sophomore point guard from Belgium is our new Big West Player of the Year. Now we're going back to the dance once again. And Mike Silver, I'm going to start with you because you actually attended AJ's first game and you were just as surprised as I was to see a guy that that age get so much playing time and be so good. And I know that the game was against San Francisco State, so you're thinking maybe it was a fluke. But we did know that Joe Pasternak doesn't necessarily love to play his young guys. He likes hitting the transfer portal. He likes experience, and he likes guys he can trust. A.J. Mitchell was instantly that guy. Even though you didn't know anything about our team, you know sports very well, and you could tell right away something was different. Just talk about those in-person first impressions. Yeah, what I remember is that we had heard, I had heard about Calvin Wishart from uh, – our mutual friend, Roxy Bernstein, who was very close to Joe Pasternak. Uh, it's his brother-in-law. Uh, and I kept hearing about Wishart, who was transferring, and he had the long hair and the headband. So I was, like, super locked in. Like, I want to see this Wishart guy, you know, and, and see how good he is. And he was good. But I remember going, wait a minute. I think this other guy's like, maybe really good. And, Josh, he had that uh, David Rivers afro for you uh, – you know, yes. yeah, for you, uh, Notre Dame, great. Yes, yes. I sure. uh, like the era of the Afro had come and gone, but like one of the last holdovers was this guy David Rivers, a Notre Dame player, playing the NBA, and he had like the kind of mini fro. And, and then I found out he was from Belgium, which is really intriguing. And I, I mean, I, I'd rather have you guys talk about him because you watch him more closely. But I don't think it's far fetched to say that he is an NBA caliber player. Josh, I'll move to you on this one. 
I'd like for him to be an NBA. So here's, I, I should, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to be there Friday, early afternoon for me. Um, I'm going to, you know, face will be painted. I will be. Yes. I'll, I'll be many hours into my St. Patrick's Friday. Oh, um, it will be messy. I will be uh, talking myself into Gaucho's success, no matter. Uh, who who are you allowing? To, who are you allowing to watch with you? Because in really big games, who who's allowed to watch with you? So here's the deal: there are two. I, I sort of go two different ways with big games. The last time, like two years ago. I mean, I'll call, like, I don't want to start off with two years ago because it's still painful. But two years ago, I really thought, I thought we would, if not, I mean, I, I thought the game that played out was exactly the game that was going to happen. Yeah. I had hoped, obviously, that we would finish a point ahead. But I absolutely thought that for the first time since my freshman year at UCSB, wow. when we last won an NCAA tournament game that we were going to do it again like i thought i was like we are definitely beating creighton two years ago and so i went into a hole i um we still weren't going to las vegas where i usually spend the first weekends of march madness but i'd like to you know mike also like uh, most big games really big games that i really want to watch i will either watch alone or yeah, like tight. somebody gets to sit down and watch with me. Somebody who cares. If, somebody who cares a lot. I totally agree. Totally. And somebody who goes like, I want to hear it. I want to yeah. hear the call. I want to hear, I want to be able to plug into the flow of the game. I want to feel totally. it. I want to know like, are the refs calling it tight? Like how, yep. I want to, I do not want distractions. Um, yep. That is not going to be how I watch on Friday. I am going to be, there is a local Irish American club um, wow. where many of my, uh, many of my other basketball dads, like we're all girl dads with ball, we're baller dads is what we are. Yeah. And we will all be gathering at a local Irish club that will throw its doors open. I think they said it's opening at 9 a.m. That's Which is amazing. Uh, but I'm going to just, I'm going to dine out on this one. I, 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 Baylor is not Baylor, you know, a year ago or two years ago, certainly. Um, but I have been, and Greg, I'm actually interested to know what you think, because I think you, I think you know granularly the most about this team. When these, I was texting, like, you know, I was watching us texting with all my boys and like those last two games of the big West tournament. I'm like, we're going to find a way to dump this. We, we dump, we, the, I, the women, this, the women this, dumped. this team likes to like dump late. I don't believe in this team. I like, so when we got it done, I was amazed and we were all joking. I'm like, okay. And I actually picked it. Uh, everybody guessed, what are we going to, what's our seed and who are we going to play? I'd pull up the text and hold up the camera. I'm like, we're going to be a 14 and we're going to get Baylor and bang and bang. Now the range of outcomes for Baylor is the only thing that makes me like, you know, at all hopeful, like Baylor can, if they're dead cold from outside, 
if there's early foul trouble with one or two of their guards for some reason. Um, they don't rebound. Joshua doesn't, if he gets an early foul, like we need foul trouble and we're going to need but, them. But to I don't, don't say game. foul trouble because the depth of Santa Barbara co- concerns me and I right. hate when they no, call no, it. No, no, that's the thing. It's like, so look, look, I think Mitchell is a, a very good young player. I think, I, I hope over the next two years, we surround him with the sort of players that I think will allow him to maximize his game. I think yeah. he, like, I like his court sense. I like yeah. his ability to distribute. Like, do I think he's a volume scorer? No. Which is worrisome because two years ago we had scoring. We had, we knew we had guys that could go get buckets. Yeah. Now I just wonder um, even if, in the range of outcomes of Baylor, if they basically let us hang around, I hope we can take advantage of it. I just, to me, I agree with you. His scoring's not his game, though he does seem to be able to turn it on at times. But he also seems to me like the kind of player who can elevate and be a revelation in this context where nobody in the country really knows this guy. And... He could do something special one time or more that has America going and Belgium going. Yeah. Whoa. But that's what, yeah. I, and I, other than that, I'm very nervous, mostly because of Santa Barbara's team and depth. I don't know much about Baylor. I just, I mean, like, so Baylor is, they're guard centric. They're significantly guard centric this year. Um, they have a wondrous freshman. They have a, a guy who, if he's on, he'll be he'll be the best player on the floor. And if he's on, it'll probably be lights out. And they have other, like, you know, they have some battle-tested, you know, guys on the floor for them. Um, their team, when Chamwa Chachwa came back for them, you kind of, I think I thought they were going to actually take another little step up, and they didn't. But the thing with Baylor is, like, if we're unknown, if, if Santa Barbara's unknown, right, we also don't know a whole lot about Baylor, just like we don't know a whole lot about actually most of the Big 12, because the Big 12 spends three months pounding on each other. The Big 12 spends three months playing quad one games twice a week. And so it's almost like, you know, they finally don't have to beat up on each other. So really, what are they going to be? Like, if you're a believer in the conference, and I am, then it's, you know, they're all, as long as they don't have, as long as Baylor doesn't have Kansas or Texas or a trip to Lubbock or, you know, Oklahoma State or whatever on the horizon, like, they are like, oh, good. Um, But when our dear friend Seth Davis on the selection show sent us through to the Sweet 16, yeah, Greg, yes, right? Yes. It's like I made the I made that I you're doing your okay. I was like, what are you don't don't give that to the universe? What do you do? Like, what are you doing? Did, I did love he, watching. Did how he have much Creighton? People. Did he have Creighton as the second opponent? Yes. He did. and here's what they obviously they have a million teams to stay aware of. And so when he said he's like, oh, I, you know, first of all, they're just looking for upsets. And even Seth, when you read his piece on the Athletic about his bracket, he's like, they hand me my bracket at like five. They get their the bracket like ten minutes before they announce. So like for ten minutes, 
which is fun, right? I'm always fascinated by those 10 minutes. Kind of like For 10 minutes. Yeah, kind of like five the guys know the bracket and yeah. nobody else does. And that's yeah. like, that's fun. That's so fun. So fun. So, um, I'm going to totally diverge. It's not unlike when I was at ABC covering like Pope Francis's, you know, uh, the conclave when he became the Pope and we, the smoke comes out and you're like, we have a new Pope. And in the last minutes before they introduce him, um, they're doing a whip around for everybody covering and Diane Sawyer comes to me. She's like, Josh, you know, just what are you thinking about? I'm like, to be honest, I'm thinking about Cardinal uh, Brolio, who like this morning could have walked down the street to get a cappuccino and nobody would know who he was. And literally this guy in about 15 minutes is going to be one of the five most famous people most known people on the earth. So like there's Seth filling out his bracket and he kind of tripped over himself to put UCSB through. And I was like, that's, you know, people I think who are picking UCSB are picking actually, they're not picking UCSB, they're picking against Baylor's form of late. And then if you want to send them through against Creighton, I think people are just like, well, Creighton can be had, you know, they're, they, they've, they've, their range of outcomes is actually more extreme than Baylor's. Like they can be had, which is true. And I don't think anybody really appreciated. Like the second, I think we all saw it, it was like, wait, if we beat Baylor, we'll get, we could get Creighton. We could, we could avenge that thing. We could take care in th in three days time. We could like finish off Baylor and take out Creighton like we should have two years ago. Like, is that, you know, but I don't know if I deserve nice things. So I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. I, I'm glad I you mean, say it, that. It, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm glad you say the nice things because we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I want to drop a few thoughts on this one. And you guys can keep my receipts. Dad, I know you got my receipts. I was texting you all about I it literally, before the bracket came out. I literally just filled out your tax organizer. So I literally have your receipts. Oh, thank you. It, it ain't pretty. Very, very kind. So I'm thinking I want a 13 or a 14 or I want a 13, 14 we could do, 15 would suck and 16 would really suck. And I was driving home for the first segment of the selection show and I was about to get there. And of course, for the second time in three years, they start the show with UCSB again. <laughs> so I'm on speakerphone with Robbie, current gaucho. And he's like, okay, hold on. They're doing a reveal right now. And Vir he goes, oh, Virginia's the four. This could be us. And I just go, no, because I don't want that. I did not want Virginia. I was on the record before that. And then he goes, two minutes later, he's like, yeah, we got Baylor. We're the 14. And I was like, honestly, I would rather have Baylor than Virginia. And I think Baylor could be better than Virginia. But Virginia's so good defensively and they're solid whereas Baylor at least has a little bit of weakness now could they put up 90 points in this game absolutely they got a top 10 offense in the entire country but rebounding and defense is a little iffy and I have two stats I want to give you both that just give me a little bit of hope to drink that gaucho kool-aid the first one is that uh, UCSB is three and one this year against quad one and two opponents so they can hang with better competition in a small sample size. But the second one 
is that since like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there, there have been 24 teams in March Madness that have had a top 10 offense and less than a top 100 defense. And 19 of those 24 teams did not get out of the first round. The other five did not make it to the Sweet 16. And there are three tournament or three teams that fit into that category this year. Uh, it is Iowa, who is an eight, Mizzou, who is a seven, and Baylor. So, yeah, they're flashy, they're offense. But I'm just saying, historically speaking, it points to the fact that there is a chance and there's a little bit of weakness here. I don't hate it. If we had Virginia, I would be feeling a lot more nervous. That doesn't mean Virginia's necessarily going to the Final Four. But I want a team with a high ceiling and a low floor rather than somewhere in between. That's fair. Okay, so that's fair, right? Range of outcomes is the thing. And so, yes, to your point, you know, I think Virginia – here's what Virginia would do, though. Because they move at a glacial pace, there just aren't as many possessions in Virginia games, which is why – I mean, there's a reason why Virginia, as one seed, is the only team to ever lose to a 16. Because they let their opponent, regardless of who they are, hang around by virtue of the fact that they're not running up and down the court. Like Virginia's never like for Virginia to go on a 10 0 run, it takes like 30 minutes of game time. Like it's just not, it doesn't happen, but yes, you have to have high quality possessions against them. I kind of wouldn't have minded Virginia only because, you know, maybe I just, I'm not sure about Andre Kelly because of the Cal connection when you know, when you, I, like I realize there's inherent there's an inherent bias watching no, Andre true. Kelly play. It's true. Every time it's he true. misses a little bunny, I think, yeah, he's a bear. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it, I, 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 I believe that. But I, you know, I, I, I do like a Virginia. Like the only way we win is if we're hot. Is if we kind of play, we we're gonna have to let them fly, especially against the Baylor. Against the Virginia, it's like if you're hot from three, you can beat Virginia because they just they can't speed up. But to your point, Greg, I you're right. Like right now, rolling the dice, I would much rather have the possibility, you know, a team that will just like basically go out there and, you know, UCSB and Baylor just do a couple layup lines for 35 minutes and five minutes to go were within two possessions. Then, cause here's the thing too, right? Like, and it's, it's a thing. It's, it's the, the problem is, is that we are so, we are so over um, the, the, the age of information overload is so completely upon us. I mean, you can get on Ken Palm and go down rabbit hole. Like I leave breadcrumbs for myself because I might never get back out of the hole I go down. Like what about the adjusted offensive efficiency? Uh, like uh, you're deep in. And so the one thing I'll say is, is that let's get back to the stupid things that like Mike and I grew up with it when we were kids, like the eye test and let's, and the, and the pucker factor. Big players elevating in key moments. <laughs> when we get big, yeah, like great players make plays. And they, big, big plays in big, big games. Big players, you know, you're yeah. like, but 
if we get to the under four media timeout and it's within a couple possessions, all of a sudden, like here's it's it's just, these are these are kids who have read enough of their press clippings. At that point, if we're hanging around, Baylor suddenly like it's this could get really bad for Baylor and for us. It's like well, it's found money. But like, convers- conversely, love- conversely, if UCSB has a lead late, the pucker factor is scary because then they it start is, going. But then it's like, I, like I'll be if UCSB Good has a lead have. late. Yeah, I will be. First of all, you know, if I if I make if I get one phone call about an hour after they're up late, Mike, I need you to answer the phone and I need you to wire the money wherever I ask you to wire. The money. <laughs> <laughs> Please, but if if you know, it's funny. Like two years ago. We were just good enough to make me believe, but also to have me really nervous. I am the opposite of nervous now. Like I am, compl- like I don't, I do not expect us to hang around in this game. My friends and I, like after Baylor, um, we, we all guessed, like, what's the line going to be? I thought easy the line's going to be 15. And that's, I felt like I was being a gaucho homer was thinking it's 15. And when they posted the line, it was 10 and a half, 10 and a half. Like that's an implied, like, you know, the gauchos in that, with that number have an implied like winning percentage. Like it's, it's not like, it's not crazy to think they could win that game. 10 and a half. I mean, 10 and a half. The cynic in me says, push all in on on Baylor like get like you can't find enough money to bet on Baylor and yet I don't know man like I don't know like I don't know like we we couldn't do it two years ago when we were really good so maybe now like when we're just kind of good and Baylor is just kind of good like maybe this is it maybe Uh, the things so I don't I'm not going to be as stressed as you guys it's different you know for me I just My great pleasure will be you guys and Robbie, who, by the way, lives on DP. That'll be uh, on the ocean side. That'll be a wholesome 10.30 a.m. You know, start, which I don't love, by the way, the 10.30 a.m. Pacific body clock start, but whatever. Um, so let me just tell you what stresses me out. But they're in the, but they're in the dude, West. Dude, like, whatever, I, man. I, I, like, we're, in the, we're in the tournament, dude. Put us, like, okay, us okay, any okay. time. So let like, me- Hey, also, and Friday, I would rather. That's gonna be harder on Baylor than on let us. Let me bleed. I'm a I'm a Cal person, so I'm always nervous. Let me bleed a little, and then let you guys take over. So my great pleasure would be, as it would have been two years ago, seeing you guys react to winning. And Greg, we're not watching the. In fact, we should watch the game upstairs, or like we're we're not sitting where we sat two years ago. You can't be yeah. sure that it's not us, but uh, these are my worries. Um, you know, Pierre-Louis in the semifinal game was his whirling dervish, spinning, defensive, disrupting self. It was the second best player for them, and it was enormous. He got an early foul in the final and disappeared. So I'm worried. I, we need the real Pierre-Louis. Norris has to make some shots. Um, Kelly and foul trouble, and really just foul trouble He's going to get two fouls in the first half. It's going to happen. Sometimes in the NCAA games, they let them play. Sometimes they call it tight. Early fouls could – there's no depth. And if Sonny isn't able to come back, which 
doesn't seem like he will. This was the same thing two years ago he did. But, like, their sixth guy is a guy, Cole Anderson, who's just like a let-it-fly short white guy. That's cool. And then they have two guys who are their seventh and eighth guys who look like you'll take anything when they're out there. It's a positive. I don't know who the ninth guy would be, but please, please, please no UCSB foul trouble. That's all I'm going to be stressed out about. Yeah, and, you know, I guess, too, what's interesting about this matchup is that Baylor, you know, the one theoretically good thing is that let's, not let's say, when Andre Kelly is in foul trouble, Baylor does not, they don't go inside. They won't be able to, they don't, that's not their game. Is to like is to take advantage of uh, of a of a of an inferior front line of another team. Like they're still going to be out there running up and down, jacking, and so we're going to have to do it with them. It's funny, like I, you know, it's funny watching back actually that game two years ago, and he hit a big, big three late, and it made me think like two years ago I thought Miles Norris was just going to be like forget about it. I really yeah. did. And then yeah. he just sort of, I don't know, I, plateau is like unfair, but like he well, he didn't become something more necessarily. Yeah. Miles Norris is going to have to show up. In my opinion, the only way we have a shot about, you know, beyond Mitchell playing well and Kelly being able to stay on the floor, Miles Norris is going to have to be a senior. He's going to have to show up and he's going to have to And Pierre-Louis. And Pierre-Louis. Pierre-Louis is going to have, like, you know what the thing with Pierre-Louis is? Um, Is, I mean, if he would just focus on distribution and less on crazy shots. Yeah. And if he would focus on not ever shooting a free throw, like, do not, like, like, please don't go, like, watching Pierre-Louis shoot free throws is hard. So don't, I don't want to see any of those, but like, you know, there is a, um, you know, there's like a path to victory. There is, there's a, there's like, there are, you know, when I go, when you run through your, your 32 games to pick the first round, like I always, I'll just fill in the ones that are obvious. I fill in and you know, Baylor was not in my first roll through, and that's not even as a Gauchos fan. It's like, you know, there are many other games that will be played tomorrow and Friday that are far more obvious, that have far more obvious results than this. But, um, you know, what, did I want, did I want to, did I want to pick, did I want to grab a Big 12 opponent in the first round? Like, Admittedly, no. Like our text, one texting that I was on where we, we were all guessing. And I, like, Greg, let me ask you this. <coughs> it sort of fell. Um, I said Baylor. A couple other guys chimed in afterwards. They're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Then there was, because it was mostly a West Coast based text chain, there were a lot of people who were like, Gonzaga. What if it's Gonzaga and UCSB? And to me, like, that would be, we'd be done. Like, Done. Gonzaga would you couldn't you couldn't give UCSB enough points to cover against against the Zags. So like I guess in that way, like okay, like if we had to be a fourteen, 
okay. Like we grabbed, we grabbed the three that might, you know, that might let us hang around. I just like, you know, I'm, I want it to be a game at the half. I would love it to be a game with 10 minutes to go. If you give me two possession, a two possession cushion either way at the under four media timeout, I am going to be messy. Like get out of the way. Like I'm going to be messy. My, my two biggest wishes are that that happens resulting in a UCSB win and that someone has video of Josh that you can send me afterwards. I will. Tell you what, if that's happening, because we'll we'll be doing part two of this. Oh. I will have I will have myself I will have myself shot. I will and, and, and keep that coming if if there's a win. And I mean I and beating Creighton if that happened would be so liberating. It would almost be like and I wanna channel Doug McDermott here. Like realizing your freedom by leaving a giant place where you were enslaved. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's Greg McDermott. Doug is the son. Greg McDermott. I'm sorry, Greg yeah. McDermott. The father. I don't want to do Doug dirty. Can't do Doug Greg dirty. Greg McDermott. Greg Imagine being Doug guys. in an NBA locker room and like looking down at his phone and going like, "He said what? What did he do?" He said, what? Like, imagine that. Ima- I mean, gee, like, I mean, where's do my, you think that's my like, dad coach dude, Texas Tech? Josh, Josh, you've you've covered some of the biggest events in the world. You know, you've been a network news anchor. Do you think that's frowned upon in that context to say to your players, hey, we've got to get off the plantation? Or we've got to I just stay, think, on, stay I just, on the plantation. Again, we've got to stay again. on the plantation. If you have, if you think you have an original thought as it regards race relations in this country, specifically (laughs) about the time before we could even accurately call them race relations, and we would more accurately call it slavery, and we would even more accurately call it evil, just let that go. Like, just, you know, Josh I, I have Josh, we had a whole rant and it was no slavery, no Holocaust, no 9-11. No, no 9-11. No, no 9-11. No, by the way, just not, no, no Katrina. Holocaust. No Katrina, too. Yeah. It's the holy trinity. Talk, yeah. that's the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Don't fly there. That is a no-fly right. zone. You are not I'm, going I'm, to be I'm pulling you in. I'm pulling you both in. Okay, we need so, Dad. I'm glad you talked about uh, Creighton. Please don't. Please do not make any ridiculous references. Now that Doug McDermott has to worry about his dad, I don't want to worry about mine in the remainder of this podcast. So let's do something kind of positive. One quickly, one thing about Creighton. What kills me is this Creighton team is far lesser than the Creighton team two years ago. Just like we're a lesser version, maybe of ourselves. If we got Creighton in the second round, I'd feel much better about that game than I do about this game. That's me. Just me. Freedom. Okay. So speaking of Creighton, I want to do a little bit of uh, something fun here to kind of round out the show. I believe that 
the key to a lot of this happiness is gratitude. We cannot be entitled and expect to be overwhelmed with positive emotion come Friday morning because the team that we want wins. I believe that you need to understand that there are sacrifices that go into good things in life. It takes effort. It takes discipline. So we are not the coach and we are not the players. But what we can do right now is we're going to move up the ladder. And I just want to start by saying, what are some things you would give up for just one win, for beating Baylor in this tournament? And I'll throw a couple at you. I, for one win in this tournament, I would start Accutane for no reason. That's one thing I would do. A second thing I'd like to put on the table is I would explain to every barista I encounter for the next year why we need to be consuming more animal milk. I think that's another good one. Um, that's a great one. So those are two for, for one game. And I, I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts, and then we're going to move up the ladder. Okay. Um, I would be willing to – I would text, like, my teenage daughters um, with no words or punctuation in there. Like, honestly, texting with my teenage daughters – would drive E.E. E. Cummings crazy. And that is like just the start of it. Um, so I would, what else would I do? I would, um, I would agree to go camping. Whoa. <laughs> which, wow. Which, now I yeah. can tell, I can tell Cal's not playing because that seems extreme to me for one win. But <laughs> I, I, when it's your own um, butter, I, I mean, and by the way, so I, Greg, I'm going to tell a little story here. Um, 2000 Cal Stanford game. Cal, I know it's going to shock you, was in the midst of a long losing streak to Stanford. And we really wanted to win. Our team wasn't very good. And the election was still. As opposed to all those other years. Yeah. And the election was still in doubt because Florida, you know, it had been, it had been a couple weeks uh, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. Florida. So before the game, all my Cal friends and I in Berkeley are doing the, hey, which, you know, we thought Gore would probably ultimately not be declared the winner, but we're like, would you give it up now and give it to Bush for a win today? And people were like, absolutely not. Like, come on, that's four years. It's more important than football. Like, no, no, no. And listen, by the third quarter, Cal went on a run and looked like they were going to maybe get a win. And everyone, everyone to a man and woman was like, fuck it, I don't care. Fuck the election. I'll do any, you know. So this game changes. So if we get to the under four minute and it's a two yeah. possession game, yeah. none of this is valid because it goes way up. So I'm just going to tell yeah. you, as again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean as much to me as to you, but. For one win, to see my sons be so happy, to see Greg go nuts, to to get video from DP where Robbie will be engaged in a wholesome viewing session, uh, to get video from Josh. I mean, that is what would I – okay. For one win, I would redo the painstaking process that was just completed – in which I sent information regarding my taxes, Greg's taxes, Natalie's taxes, 
and Robbie's taxes, complete with receipts and the entire thing. I would redo that horrible process for one win. That's worth it. Totally. I mean, listen, I remember I was just, I had just gotten to ESPN. I was doing the hot list on ESPN news and over the wires passes a, you know, a non-revenue sport national championship that like everybody in Bristol, Connecticut could give zero fucks about. The UCSB men's soccer team had won a national title. Oh, and I, yes. And I was like, guys, get online. Now, we didn't have Twitter. Like, we didn't, yeah, we didn't have places you could just go right away to go get video you knew would be there. I know but what I'm video like, you're go talking find, about. Because they're going to do something. Like, I <laughs> I know my school. It ha- we, we, I mean, at that point, like, we had won a national title in, like, I think volleyball had been our last one in, like, the mid-80s. And so I'm like, go, you just trust me. And they're, tr- like, the, it was like a two-hour show or something like that. And by the end of it, sure enough, there was the goal being carried out of Harder Stadium all the way down to the all the way down to DP and then being thrown over off the bluffs. And so I but that's what I want. And I and Greg, seriously, I want it for you. Because I'll say this, man, like I love, you know, when I was thinking about coming on, I mean, I love thinking about my freshman year when I got to Santa Barbara. Um, Big West, when the Big West was real, right? We had, it was, Vegas. we had, uh, we had uh, Utah State, we had New Mexico State. Those were annually going to the tournament. We had UNLV. UNLV, who, and not just any UNLV, like my freshman year, they come to town late in the conference season. Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony, Stacy Ogman, Larry Johnson, and most Jarvis, Jarvis Bassnight, too, right? And or you were like, hide, hide, hide the, like, like, hide everything. They're coming for every, they were like, they were just pillage. I mean, it was gnarly. And when we beat them, I want to say it was, let's say it was 78, 74. Something like that. We beat them in the Thunderdome on, you know, when big when the big when Big Monday was Big Monday. So you had the Big East game, and then you had the Big Ten game, and then you had the Big West game. And we beat them, and it was the year we were the last team to beat them before they went on, rolled through the tournament. It was the Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, LMU yep. year, and then yep. it was the year that they beat Duke by 30 in the final. But to beat them on our way to an NCAA tournament where we won our first game, and then we had the Steve Smith-led Michigan State Spartans on the ropes and, like, only a couple late turnovers. Like, we were that close to Sweet 16. And I'll say, as a freshman, you know, it's like you're like Dan Marino getting to the getting to the Super Bowl as a rookie. You think, like, this is going to be great every year. I can't wait for this to happen again and again and again. And the fact that like it's never happened since, I mean that was in the, I mean that was that was in the fucking eighties, dudes. Like that was a long time ago. So, Greg, I, I mean, you know, I'll be stoked. Your dad will be stoked as a dad. Oh yeah. And it's cool. Like obviously, I've known your dad forever, and your dad was huge. Like 
I owe so much of my career to your dad um, that I'm so pumped that your dad, like, I had to listen to so much Cal shit for so long with your dad. And, like, when I got into, I applied to three colleges as a high school senior. We had no money, so it was only UC. And I applied to UCLA for my mom because she wanted me to. And I got in, and I'm like, but mom, I'm not going to UCLA because I fucking hate UCLA. And I applied to Berkeley where I thought I was going to go, maybe to go play water polo, and then, like, took a recruiting trip up. And I... My grandparents are living in Orinda, so I've been going there a lot. And it just, it's like, I don't know. And then I took, you know, recruiting trip to, I took my recruiting trip to UCSB in October of my senior year. And a couple guys that I played with in high school were on the UCSB water polo team at that point. They're like, you should stay the night uh, so we can watch the game. The game that I watched the night I went on my recruiting trip to UCSB was game one of Dodgers A's. Ooh. And Kirk Gibson hit that home run. It just felt faded. I'm like, yes, this is like, this is heaven. This is where I'm supposed to be. So Greg, I want this for you, man. I want this for you. I want this for Robbie. I want this for like, like to happen while he's in school, like would be amazing. You've, you've already put in the time. You had your heart broken a couple years ago. Like when, Frankly, like, let's, I'll say it out loud. Like, we should have beaten Creighton. Like, we should have beaten Creighton. Like, they gave, that game was there for us. And we battled back. I forgot we were down 10. Whoa. Couldn't make a shot. Yeah. Yeah. 51-41 and we couldn't make a shot. But back, like, it was fucking ours. And Amadou had a little bunny. He had a three-foot could he, have du- could he have dunked no. or got- could he have gone right over the rim and, and dropped it in? Was you know what's funny? Like, you know, and I think maybe I impute this, but when I watch these, like, you know, super high seeds, like these players that, like, you know, like right now, there's, you know, Texas Southern is playing as we're taping this, right? They're playing uh, fairly Dickinson to, for, a, for a chance to go get annihilated by a one seed. And Texas Southern is literally 14 and 20. They went 7 and 11 in the SWAC, which is the second worst conference <laughs> in America. But they're playing in the first four right now. And the thing is late, like you'll watch, like the shots get short. Like nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to touch the ball. It's like when the Miracle on Ice happened and, you know, Alex's great story afterward, where like the, the U.S. men and Miracle on Ice they were running literally 45 second shifts because like nobody wanted to be on the ice when the Russians scored and it, and it ended. So to like, you know, on Friday when God, when it's close, like I hope our little Belgian, like, you know, I hope he doesn't waffle. I want him to just, I want him to just, I just want him to, I want him to, I want there him will to not be it. a Belgian waffle though. It starts at 10. 10.30 in the Dude. morning Pacific. There will be no Belgian waffle. There will but be... But you know what? I'm going to die. You know what? He'll, you know what? Irrational gaucho hill I'm going to die on. I'm going to die on Miles Norris's irrational gaucho hill. I need, I, I need my man. You know to... what there's going to be, guys? There's going to be Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. No Belgian waffle. They will sprout. Okay. 
and grow into a round of 32 team. That's what I hope, man. I mean, look, I went to the game against UC Davis with my gaucho friend, Nate. AJ Mitchell had zero points at halftime, and I said over-under scoring in the second half, 26 and a half. And I was like half-joking. And he finished with 20, and we won the game. So call it what you want, but some people just ball in the second half when it matters. Like, I'm not saying – like, Patrick Mahomes is great under pressure, but he's also Patrick Mahomes not under pressure. Dad, you've watched a lot of Warriors with me. Have you ever felt bad about, like, Sean Livingston or Andre Iguodala playing playoff minutes? No, you never have. So I'm a believer in guys that just know how to do it. Now, I'm going to – we're going to wrap things up with things you gave up for a win. I'm going to have things I would give up for a Final Four appearance, and I'm going to list off four of them. Things I'd give Final Four would be the greatest – It'd be the greatest thing in college basketball history. Like, it'd be immortalized. And so I have four things. The first is that Cal Poly can beat us in basketball every game for the next 40 years. We're operating on fours. (laughs) The second thing is that I would give up caffeine for the next four years. Jesus. The third thing is that I would text. I would text only in voice texts for the next four years. Oh my God. But most of all, dad, what I would do for a UCSB final four is this is a believe podcast and our CEO and founder is Braun. He is awesome. Even though he went to USC, we still love him. And I will officially say that I am content with going the rest of my life not knowing how to pronounce his last name if UCSB makes a Final Four. Okay, so quick aside, and then we're going to hear Josh, because I'm very curious what Josh is going to have to say. So I, my first time hanging out with Braun was at, in, at UCSB. Uh, Josh, my last story for SI was a cover story on Matt Leinert getting ready to come in and take over the league. And we had kind of an entourage thing going where it was me, Matt Leinert, and his boys. He was working a football camp in Santa Barbara, staying at Bacara, but we were hanging out at UCSB and then wow. going out. Uh, one of his boys was a professional surfer who looks the part, um, who had gone back to USC late as an old student, you know, the McConaughey kind of Days of Confused vibe, uh, named Braun, and he was in the story. Braun now is the CEO and, I believe, owner of Believe, uh, Greg's podcast network that we're appearing on. So uh, his last name is very, very uh, not easy to pronounce if you just read the letters. And Greg, you should okay. probably put them up on the screen at some point. But um, I'm just going to give you this. In 2006, Cal is getting ready to play USC at SC. Cal had had a Rose Bowl robbed from us two years earlier by a combination of terrible circumstances that no longer exist in the BCS. But now the winner of the Cal-SC game in 06 was going to win the conference. Cal would have ultimately won it outright, it turns out. Um Ted Fernera, great team. 
uh, Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Brandon Meebane, many others. So uh, getting ready for the game. And this is our holy grail for those who aren't obsessed with Cal. No Rose Bowls in my lifetime. This is all we care about. Um, before the game, we're kind of tailgating. It's a like a 5 p.m. game. We're on campus. Kevin Brown, who was a quarter, was a quarterback when I was there and is very obsessed with it like I am uh, my age, comes by the tailgate. And I kind of take him aside because I know he's a fellow cycle, psycho. And I go, right now, this finger, guarantee we win. This finger right now. And he goes, I can't believe you would ask me that. Of course, cut it off right now. In fact, take both these for a win, right? I mean, absolutely would give a finger to get a Rose Bowl. So, Josh, I'm curious about your answer here. A final four appearance for UC Santa Barbara. What are you promising? So... You guys mentioned it right when I came on. So here I have I have this facial hair. And How, is is that uh, is that like a hit in your household? I it is a hit in my household. It is let's just say this, the um the only person that really matters in this house right when it comes to when it comes to appearance, when it comes to my appearance, yes. right? You can you can say she her name. Prefers. You can say her name in six letters, and she is a rock star. Rock is, star. So yes. you know Liz Cho. For those watching right now, and if you've done fifty-seven minutes and thirty seconds of this, God love you. Google <laughs> Liz Cho. Um, Liz Cho has uh, not made it this far, by the way. She had to be directed here. Uh, but she's a big fan of this. I am not. I'm not a big fan of uh, of a beard or facial hair, um, but I do it so that she um, is happy. So very good. And she prefers, and you know, so she prefers that. I have jokes about how I, um, you know, I would love, I would love to see what sort of, you know. What sort of skull I've got? What sort of cranium, you know, I've got? Whoa. It's my theory. Guys that, you know, guys that go bald, I always tend to think, like, it's almost like their their bodies knew they were going to go bald. And so, like, their DNA, like, you know, way back, you know, in utero was like, we've got to focus on the scalp because eventually the hair is coming off and we got to make sure it's, like, presentable. Whereas with guys like me, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was, uh, on, on Facebook with some old high school friends of mine and they were laughing and they clipped it and sent it to me when I got the job at ESPN. So this is 2005. There was this like subset of guys. Classic now. Classic well, now. Were like, and you know what they all said? They're like, there's no, he's dying his hair. Like he's dying his, in 2005. So like, here's the, you can see some gray now right there, but like. You were not I, dying You know, my hair. mom used to accuse me of dying my hair. I'm like, mom, not dying my, like, this is, this is nope. just, this is it. Uh, 
I have been told in no uncertain terms, Greg Silver, that were I to ever take extreme measures with my lettuce, that that will be a deal breaker, if you know what I'm saying. And I think everybody watching this podcast knows what I'm saying. There'd be a lot of loneliness, I think, at night, for sure. Very, very. I'd have a lot of time to think. I'd have a lot of time to think about what I'd done. <laughs> but for a Gaucho Final Four? There, there'd, be, there'd be very few shining moments, if any. <laughs> Great. For a Final Four, live on, on this air, this is coming coming all off. We're going to find out what the deity of your viewer's choice left me underneath the lid. Because I'll say this, that is amazing hair. Like, uh, let's yes. just, let's yes. call it like we see it. I have, a, I have hair that was, is, you know, they're going to sing songs about one day. And for a final four, if we're getting out of the West, if we're leaving the West, by the way, guys, this year, like, I don't know what they were smoking in the room in Indianapolis. The West, like Ken Palm, Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy's head exploded when this bracket came out because half of his top 10 teams are in the West. Like the West, like it is a, it is unbelievable to have one quadrant of this bracket be as hard as it is. And yet if we leave it behind. There you go. That's what it's going to be. That's what it'll be. Two weeks from now, that's what it'll be. And Braun Husenstam, I'm telling you right now, I, nice, nice I, I will give that nice to you, Braun. Mr. Husenstam, I, you get my hair. You will have my hair. And Braun, Braun doesn't need your hair. If your name, if your name rolled past me on a, on a, on a, on a teleprompter, I don't know what these clowns are talking about. It's, it's who's in Sam Smith. Like what's the difference? All right. That's a, that's a pro. That's someone who is, that's someone who has seen smoke coming out of the Vatican and had to weigh in on which Cardinal might become the most important person to and I will say this, hundreds I of followed- millions of people. I followed Terry. Terry Moran had said this brilliant thing about like what it's going to mean for the church and all this. And then, and I, I, if I'm being like Diane, what do you, what do you think, Josh? And I'm just like, honestly, you know, which is not something a journalist should ever say, but I'm like, I'm just thinking about the guy. Like he got into this gig. Like, let's look. Cardinals are, they're politicians. They get, they, you get that high up. You're not like some little friar in some like, you know, far flung parish being tasked with like leading, you know, a billion Catholics, but you could have, you could go get a slice of pizza and no one would know who you were. And now you're about to become like a one seed in like the only bracket that matters it's, it's, yeah, you know, no, I've seen some stuff. I've seen some shit in my time. 
But let me tell you, a UCSB Final Four. You know what I love? I just finished this great piece that the New Yorker did a couple weeks ago. So I'm a UFO nut, right? Like I'm a conspiracy theorist, but like I'm a conspiracy theorist in like I'm a meta conspiracy theorist and that like they're not conspiracy theories. Like if you're arrogant enough to think that like this rock in the universe is the only rock that has life, like, and that our, our life is the, we're as, we're as advanced as any life form in the universe ever. That's crazy. Like that's like, you know, statistically, you know, that's. Yeah. That um, means, that means Greg McDermott is among the most advanced (laughs) beings ever in the universe he, like statistically but, he's he's right in there he's in that that's great. but the, i'll say this i think i've said this to your dad like greg i will say I've, I've done many i've done many january weekend nights with your dad where like we actually many january like tuesday wednesday thursday nights where like i couldn't remember everything that we said to each other the night previous but i definitely have said this to him like if i die before some alien presence like lands in Central Park or, you know, Mount Everest or, you know, Oahu or wherever they want to come and say, yep, here we are. Yep. Drop it down. Drop it down, you know, Barcadero. I'll take it. So I'm an retarded. I don't like, it doesn't have to be DP. Like, you know, like, you know, like, like it could be, you know, what, like drop it down, you know, wherever. But if I die before, and the U.S. government's already admitted, like, yeah, no, we've definitely, all of our Navy pilots and Air Force pilots, and we have experienced so many unidentified flying objects, which they now call something else. But like, yeah, of course, they're, of course, it's real. Of course, of course, of course. But like, I want, like, you know, I want that moment. The, like honestly, if the top five, like I guess maybe another way to put it is, if you had a top five of like things that have to happen before you die, like a UCSB Final Four is certainly making the cut. And for that, lettuce. I have lettuce to give. Lettuce. Well, the stakes just got higher. I gotta say, <laughs> I might they have to did. rethink my. I might have to rethink my game by game. I came with taxes. I. Listen, man, I I think I'm going to have to come up with a better, and I'll do it in real time, Greg, but I'm going to have to come up with a better if they win this game in the moment. One shiny Yeah, moment. and Dad, I, I want to give you some credit because if it's a two-possession game going into the last under four, the stakes will rise for sure. I cannot deny that. This episode has completely gone off the rails, and I say that as a compliment, but if anybody has made it to this point at the hour seven minute mark, fuck yeah, man. Like, that is awesome. You are the most patient individual in yeah, 100%, the entire world. 100% chance that Leslie, Greg's girlfriend Heidi, who is a proud gaucho, and Liz Cho have one thing in common right now. They are not 67 minute listeners no you know what they have in common fucking patience the patience of job like who are we kidding like who are we kidding i remember i mean i was decidedly not married when i met your father greg and he was married to like one of the great human beings 
of all time. And I just remember, like, your mom set the bar for me so high, like, so high. And it's fair to say, like, I didn't quite get over the bar the first time, but the second time. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, the fr- yes. well the, hey, the everybody first- at 107 here, 43, 44, 45, um, you know, just think, think of it this way. We'd already be in the second half if we were doing this if we were doing this live during a game, and who knows where we'd be right now? Maybe UCSB's down four, and maybe LJ Cryer has three fouls and he's on the pine right now. Maybe Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is one for eleven from the field for some reason. Wait, what's what's his name? What's Mitchell? It may be what? How do you pronounce his name? Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. It's the, one of the great names. And they call him Everyday John. Does so that like, roll off the teleprompter too? Well, you know, it's hard. So like, and I'm not just going to pimp for my former station. But ESPN, like, so Fred Fraschilla and John Chambi, Boog Chambi, do, they are the lead broadcasters for the Big 12 for ESPN. And they do an amazing job. Fred Fraschilla, who is a great former coach, has become as underrated for me color commentator as there is in the business. He is phenomenal. And the Big 12, they sort of gave John and Fran like the Big 12 like a few years ago and it was like, okay, here's the Big 12, but like it's not the Big 10. It's not the SEC. And then the Big 12 did, in the last five years, has become by like like leaps and bounds the best basketball conference in the country. And so Fran, like I, I got super into the Big Twelve because of those broadcasts, and frankly, the Baylor teams the last few years, and Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, who returned mid-season this year from a really terrible injury, is like their motor. He's their like big man, like motor. Like he's just he's gonna die for every loose ball. Like the thing I need to see out of Andre Kelly, like I need Andre Kelly getting dirty. I need him. But, but like not foul trouble. Balls. But no fouls. You want to call it upset in March? Every 50-50 ball has to be yours. Like, we could do the whole, like, what's the recipe for the upset? That's like the third thing on the on the ingredient list. 50-50 also, balls. Also, yours. if you're going to get fouls, make them legit fouls, not yes. away from the ball. Yes. As I say to my daughter who's a ball player. Yes. yes. No. I said yeah, it to Greg as a ball player. Exactly. Use your fouls. Like every foul should be denying a clear scoring opportunity. And if you can draw a little blood, like that's fine. Like you make them count. Can I tell one basketball dad story since we're in basketball dad mode and then we'll let people No, because we're in a we're in hour ten. It's just great. Dad, okay, I grant you, you I grant you the story. I, I don't want Bron Husenstam to fire him. All right. So Josh, so <laughs> So Greg is uh, Greg's a little baller when he's real young. I want to say eight or nine, and he's got some friends, and they they think they're good, and they 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 play a couple games, and they're on this AAU team. Well, they took him to a tournament in Sacramento one weekend to get urbanized, and in the first game, they're playing a team from Sacramento. And I'm getting some. I'm getting some. I'm getting some McDermott vibe right now. Yeah. Well, it's not quite that bad, but they are ripping the ball out of our kids' hands at, at the inbound, you know. And it's twenty nine nothing. And I'm a mom for the other team is standing next to me on the far side, and and she just keeps going woohoo, woohoo. So we score to make it twenty nine two, 
And I go, woo. So now she loves me. We're friends. And I, she, you're crazy. So now it's like 50 to six and her son gets their 93rd steal of the game. And now he's going in for the coast to coast layup. And my son, Greg, a hustle guy, tracks him all the way down the court and crashes into him, doesn't know what he's doing, and knocks him into the post. And the kid's body just goes cold. And I'm like, oh, shit. And she goes, get up! And looks at me and she goes, that's a good play by your son. And she's like, get up! And I'm like, whoa. So... We're, we get in the car. I kind of put my arm around Greg, and I'm like, Greg, there's a different level of intensity that is going to be required at this stage of your career. He figured it out. Can the Gauchos figure out a different level of intensity, as Josh suggested, uh, on Friday and beyond? That's my question. I hope. Like, I hope, man. I hope. Like, I, I want them to win so goddamn badly like i it's nobody should want something this much that doesn't mean dude you know we went so long that my headphones literally died so props to us man that's killer but uh god bless every one of us god bless us everyone to quote tiny tim and that is how we will end this episode if baylor wins by 20 points or 40 points. This was not all for nothing. And I don't just say that because Josh will get to keep his hair. Man, I'm so pumped. It's like the best time ever. I will be glued to the TV for the next two days. I will have no life. Somehow I'm going to try to edit this whole episode tonight. Uh, I'll stay up till three in the morning if I have to do it. Whatever. Greg, are you I'll pumped? Let me ask you this. Caffeine. How do you feel about the fact that this game is a Friday game as opposed to a Thursday game? Great. I get a whole yeah, extra day of believing we're going to win. That's it. See, to, whole me, extra day. to me, it's like, honestly, like, because the great thing about this incredible sporting event, which is easily, the, it's the best sporting event of all time. It's the, it's the best. It's like Cup? if you could have a World Cup in two weeks, like, right? It's like, yeah. it's just, it's perfect, right? So the great thing about it is, is that all of the stupid, intangible eye test bullshit is real. Like the momentum, the national momentum kind of builds. And if there are a couple upsets and then there's another and another, and look, we live in, a, in the age of information overload, mid-majors aren't so mid anymore. And like, frankly, like you want to be like the seventh team out of the big 10, like, you know, we all know what that probably means. You're, you're not going anywhere fast, but man, to just the Friday, to have one day of crazy so that when we wake up, when you guys wake up, when I've when I'm half in the back on St. Patrick's Day by the time we tip at 1.30 in the afternoon, it's gonna be like, I will say, give me, I'll take that extra three percent of belief. There will I believe in us three percent more because it's a Friday game instead of a Thursday game. I'm sorry. So now, Greg, complete your 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 goodbye because it was really it was awesome no that was a great way to end it uh thank you both for the 75 minutes of killer content screaming from the sidelines record shattered by about 45 minutes uh unbelievable man 
Cash in your bets. Fill out your brackets. Go watch hoops. Wait till next course- week's episode if they win too. Just, oh, God. Next week's episode? <laughs> hey, guys, next week's episode, seriously, we're doing shots. Like, we're doing shots. Like, it's – we're we're going to – it's going to get – actually, no. Are we going to do – are we going to do – if they Josh. if they beat – when they beat Baylor, are we doing another episode before yes. – before Josh, Saturday. Josh, we've said, hey, guys, we've said goodbye like six times now. We got to actually get the hell out of here. Thank yes, you to all the listeners. we are doing another Cheers. episode Friday We're night We're doing Saturday. another episode. Cheers. I can't even control these two. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Michael Silver. Go Gauchos. Keep screaming. Go Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.